0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Absolute BSS, the casual, petitive podcast about Bandai Namco's Battle Spirit Saga. Uh, Cam is unfortunately unable to join us today for this podcasting session, but we do have a special guest. My friend Angel is here with us today. Say hello, Angel.
1: Hey, everyone. How's everyone doing today?
0: Thanks for being with me, Angel. Um, I wanted to bring you on for a couple reasons. Uh, One cam and i met you at the very first event that we ever went to for battle spirit saga and uh basically immediately became friends with you Uh, although we didn't know we were friends until we ran into you again at our second event that we ever went to Um, that's right (laughs) (laughs) and uh two you recently went to a grand open and so i wanted to have you on to have you discuss a little bit of that with us today so that way we could uh Have a little chat about how it went because we haven't really gotten to debrief much. So,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, I appreciate the invite. Uh, You know, I know Cam's not here, but definitely you guys having me on. It's definitely uh, an honor and I'm excited to be here.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah. um, It's unfortunate that Cam's not here because I feel like um, I don't know if the podcast is going to be as funny. We have some big shoes to (laughs) fill. So, (laughs) Um, cool. Uh, Why don't we start off with introducing. Yourself and kind of your background uh, in games and, and kind of, you know, what, sure. what games so, you like to play, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as so everyone, you know, as so Eric said, my name is Angel, obviously. Um, you know, I've been playing card games, God, for as long as I can remember. Um, those of you guys that listen to Eric's and Cam's first podcast, I mean, a lot of the games are probably going to be very similar. You know, when mm-hmm. I was younger, um, I never really played Pokemon. Uh, at least the card game, but I did collect them obviously because they look very cool. Uh, but definitely, I would say my main game that I invested in for a very long time since I was in fifth grade would be Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I'm a huge Yu-Gi-Oh fan, nerd, all about it. You know, I love, I love it to the core. Um, played Yu-Gi-Oh very competitively for, gosh, about seven, eight years um until the game got a little out of hand and you know a little a little toxic Where just a little toxic, where, just know,
0: a, little uh, toxic. Just a
1: little bit i know i know eric and i have talked uh, quite a bit about this when we were out to lunch uh, not too long ago about yeah. just you know games that you open up your hand and you can't play if you don't have a response then you lose it's it's not really fun so but other than yeah. that you know I, I love you for what it is i think it, it definitely has influenced a lot of other games i did play magic when i was in middle school um never really big into the competitive thing so i got a little bit older but by that point i just felt like you know it was out of my league a lot of people have been playing it for 20 plus years um yeah. and i was getting my butt kicked all the time and uh, you know trying to learn all the terminology that there is in magic is crazy but i do play magic arena um it's a very good pastime and i, and I love that that game uh other card games for sure you know i played uh, hearthstone obviously um a big blister game, but playing that for a very long, long time. Quite a bit of standards, hit Legendary a few times. Uh, Legends of Runeterra um, was a very amazing game that kept me very, very busy for a long time. Um, oh man, it's
0: too bad know, that Cam's not here. He loves I, Legends I, of Runeterra. I know, I was, I, was <laughs> saying, I was
1: hoping he could be young because I know uh, you had said that he played that. You know, and Legends of Runeterra transitioned to that game because when I was done with Yu-Gi-Oh! I didn't know what other card game to pick up, right? I felt like I tried picking up Pokemon. I felt like it was just almost too simple. I wasn't really enjoying it. And then Magic was just too way out there, crazy for me. And I didn't want to get yeah. back into Yu-Gi-Oh at all. Um, but like you know, Ladies and Runeterra was fun. And then currently, right now, obviously, Battle Spirits is the main thing. And uh, and Shadowverse, I'm trying that a little bit on the side. Yeah, so definitely a huge card game nerd. I played lots of card games. If anything's a card game, I'm, I'll at least try it once.
0: Yeah, I I think Cam and I are the same exact way, and I think that's why we clicked with you so well when we first met you, because it was like, we kind of have similar backgrounds, like playing Yu-Gi-Oh!, trying this, trying that, and then kind of settling on, I mean, it kind of feels to me like trading card games are having this really cool moment right now, like there's lots of really good trading card games.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, just looking at a lot of the releases and, you know, I started seeing a pattern last year, but this year for sure, I was looking probably about a week ago, just how many new TCGs are being introduced into the uh, West, you know, in the West. Um, you know, Battle yeah. Spirits being one of them. Uh, you also have, you know, Disney Larkana is about to come out. Shadowverse just came out. Uh, one Piece for sure. That, that thing blew up and, you know, it's crazy right now. I know last year, you know, Digimon, DBC is still a very, very big part of the community, but it's, it's good to see, you know, because I felt for a little bit there, it was either Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, or or Magic, you know. Uh, Yeah. There's a Force of the Whales and these other Vanguard, some of those games try to pick up a little bit of steam, but I feel like they just never really topped out, Um, though Flesh and Blood, I think, is doing pretty good still, from what I know, so...
0: Yeah, Flesh and Blood was one that I was a little bit interested in uh, for a minute, but I just, I never picked up any cards and I never ended up trying it. But I, you know, everything worked out because I ended up finding Battle Spirits. And now, thanks to you and Cam, I think I'm, I'm starting to really get into Shadowverse, so...
1: <laughs> no, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, even, like, with Battle Spirits, you know, I remember when I met you guys at, uh, at our local game store, you know. Yeah, I think it was funny, too. I think I heard it one of the podcasts you guys were talking about it. I think we all came dressed, like, we're all, all black, all with hats. Yes. It's like, thought we yeah. were going to rob the place. <laughs> it's like, well, we're all very new to it. You know, we're all excited about it. And I think after that little you know store release event i can tell i mean hell you want it you know but uh i think we all felt like wow this game is really really fun and you know i've been following battle spirits for a very very long time um and it's funny because i caught battle spirit on a whim i was literally on a youtube video about cars or something like that and Mm -hmm. it was one of the advertisement videos for it um and your phone was definitely
0: (laughs) spying on you to know that that you would like (laughs) to
1: So, but you know, for a little bit, I knew about it, the lore and all that. It looks awesome, you know. And Shadowverse, like I said, I'm glad you guys are getting into that as well. I I wasn't sure if you guys were gonna like it or not, but it's it's a very good game. It's very oh, good. So I
0: I don't know if you if you've had a chance to listen to our most recent episode yet, where we talk about our Shadowverse experience. If not, no it's not okay. yet yeah, no, I need um, to, I need
1: to, yeah, no, not yet.
0: I'll just reiterate here again because I it's my favorite part about the game. We went to a store tournament. We showed up at five. Signed up by 5:30 and we're home by eight (laughs) o'clock. Wow. The game is so fast and I really like that actually because we can go to a tournament, spend like three hours there and then go home and then I don't feel like drained, you know?
1: Yeah, that's that is one thing, and I'm, you know, it's a good point actually. Because I went to the uh, open release for that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you're right. I mean, I want to say it was about nine, and I mean it was ten of us. And if we were there for two hours, I think that was long. You know, like it was yeah. pretty quickly. Most games felt like didn't last. About twenty minutes, if that, depending how your deck was doing. So that's that's very true because it does get exhausting sometimes, and we'll talk about it once we talk about the uh, Grand Open. But oh yeah, it, it, some games, <laughs> you know, and just talking about Yu Gi Oh and even Magic, right? Like it's almost like depending how intense that matches or who you're going against, it like it becomes from being fun to like okay, this is mentally exhausting right now because you're like yeah. really looking at every single possible outcome. Where Shadowverse is almost like. You pilot it the best you can, right? And just the cars do what the cars are gonna do, and that's it, you know? And and it reminds me a lot of Hearthstone, so I think that's why I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, super fun. I picked up the uh, Nintendo Switch game for Shadowverse. Uh, It's like a, it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you ever played those old like Nintendo DS Yu-Gi-Oh games where you're like-
1: Oh, oh, absolutely, Those games were great.
0: (laughs) Have you heard of this Switch game for Shadowverse? Do you have a Nintendo Switch?
1: I have Nintendo Switch, but I didn't even know they had one for Sha- oh. uh, for Shadowverse. I've been playing the the game on Steam, obviously, for a couple months now, Dude. so.
0: Check this game out. Uh you're you play in like this like Shadowverse high school and everybody has Shadowverse decks and you like run around the school and challenge people to Shadowverse oh, battles.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely have to check that out because that's yeah. I mean, you said it like back in the day, I mean even the PSP era, like yeah uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Tag Force, Dark Duel Stories, I mean you name it any Yu-Gi-Oh game that was on Game Boy, PSP. 3ds I will buy so and I like that I'm have to check that out I didn't even know there was such a thing <laughs> definitely like check that. it
0: out yeah cam turned me on to it because he was like I've been playing the switch game and then I talked to him about it and then I was like man I gotta pick that up because that sounds like something I would love and I do it's it's great I've been playing it but um, anyways yeah let's move into uh, let's move into grand open talk so you went to the grand open in Ohio um, tell me about it I, I really want to hear about I guess everything. Uh, however, you want to talk about it. Do you want to talk about your deck first, or do you want to just like? Uh, I'll just let we, you kind of go with it. I have your deck pulled up so we can look at it in a okay. sec. Okay.
1: Um. Well, let's. We can just talk about the experience first and and how it went, and then we can dive into the deck. I guess as things went on. Um, sure. If that works. Yeah. So yeah, so Grand Open Ohio. So um, very. I was very excited for that, right? So I I didn't get a chance to go to the uh, actual launch event in Vegas when this game came out because it was just a tight window by the time I found out about it. Um, And then obviously the first Grand Open, I want to say it was about a month right after that, was in California. And it was just just a little pricey, you know, especially with me not having a real deck yet. I didn't even have booster boxes or so I didn't even know what was going to go to play. So I was like, let me just save my money. you know see what the game is go go to a couple of local stores so I definitely when I saw that it was going to be in Ohio I signed up obviously it was you know not bad of a drive and I knew it was going to be a huge huge event and it, it turned out to be I want to say all together was about 410 people that registered for that event um, which was huge yeah. um, the only thing I will say you know it, it's funny because I, I, nobody knew about it from the battle spirits players least. but bandai decided to have a one-piece tournament as well at the same time in that same oh, building no. so there was probably over a thousand people, including oh, you know some of the guests or whatnot and to make matters <laughs> worse the, the building had a broken ac so it was hot i'm talking about hot sweat fest you know there's always yeah. memes around about how, you know, trading game <laughs> players smell. That That's really what that was. Oh, there. so you so. just had,
0: like, this pressure cooker full of hot dog farts Dude, just yes. ready to blow.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, getting to the event, it was nice. It was at the Ohio um, Expo Center. I actually thought it was going to be at the convention center, but it was at the Expo Center. You know, it's a nice little venue. I think it's a little bit older. Um getting through the line or whatever is pretty fine. You know, you can tell a lot of players were excited. Um, I think out of majority of the people that I played and were there that I talked to was well, the first grand open. So I think everybody was like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this. It's a really good way to play battle Spears, Cause you yeah. know, one thing with battle spirits being so new, it's not in every local game store, unfortunately. So it's very hard to play games, you know?
0: Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah. and then here you've got 400 people all gathered in the same place, ready to play.
1: That's so. That's so exciting. <laughs> and it was exciting to be able to, you know, for at least from my perspective, was kind of like, hey, I'm gonna be playing against all kinds of players against all over the world with different types of decks. And that's, I think that's the, the, the highlight of any trading card game, you know? I think sometimes yeah. when you have a local uh, community or a game store, you kind of get used to playing the same decks because that's what people kind of drawn to, that you don't really get some of that variety. And I know you and I did some uh, play testing just to be able to get away from that uh, yeah. mold because it's hard, right? You're gonna be unprepared, but anyway so far back to the event i mean it was awesome you know went to the guard it was hot like i said but everybody was super friendly that i got to meet um as far as the uh the spotlight for it i, I want to say one piece kind of took the spotlight unfortunately they yeah. had a tv for all the game matches battles first did not you know i know they had a, a streaming on twitch but there was a couple issues with the wi-fi and whatnot and it was kind of disappointing just kind of knowing that that was a huge event right before the pro tour that's about to happen in july you would think you know you're still technically trying to sell this game to a lot of people right it's still very unknown i would have thought that they would have put a little bit more of a spotlight with tvs and all that but one piece took that so that was a little disappointing to see
0: yeah one piece is a bandai namco game too right like they're both bandai Uh, i don't know why you wouldn't treat both of your games equally then
1: like that's and that's what I'm saying. at least a One yeah. Piece, they, they have the IP that will sell itself, right? Because everybody yeah. knows One Piece. Where, I wish, Battle Spirits is not.
0: I kind of wish I was a little more into One Piece because uh, I would love to play that trading card game, but I just never got into it. So I just, it just isn't as interesting to me as Battle Spirits. You but know, and I can definitely I see why someone would want to play it because One Piece is a huge fandom. Like people love that. So.
1: Yeah, and actually, you know, when I was waiting on some of my matches or while they were doing the parents, I uh, I would talk to some of the One Piece players. Just you know, cause I don't know much about the game. I was like, hey, how, what is the game like? Or, and it's very similar, right? I, I noticed Bandai has a pattern where a lot of the games are very similar as far as like you got your colors, they do specific things, yada yada yada. You know, you got your leaders and yeah. all that. Um, the one thing that uh, even One Piece players were just kind of saying that they don't like about the game. It's almost like a pirate creep, right? You either have this deck and it does well, or you don't have anything that's competitive. So that's kind of, well, maybe I won't start it. And they were saying that actually the game can get pretty expensive. So um, actually talking about the Grand Open, one thing that was kind of disappointing too, I want to say it was my first match, my first round. Uh, not even, like, 10 minutes into me playing against my opponent, there was a uh, somebody else walking around saying, hey, guys, everybody watch your deck. Somebody's out here stealing decks or whatever. So wow. I think somebody Yeah, somebody got their uh, one-piece uh, deck stolen, which is pretty sad to see in the community, you know. People spend yeah. their hard-earned money to to build a deck and not to mention traveling costs to, you know, get get stolen like that. So that was, that was pretty crazy. That's a... Interesting way to start off the morning at eight o'clock in the morning, so. Yeah,
0: let's, I mean, honestly, message to everyone out there, don't be an asshole. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Like, everyone's just getting together to play games for fun. Like, I understand some of these cards are worth some money, but like, you know what? Build yourself a really competitive deck and get into the event and win the money. That's the way you do it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, you know, and honestly, uh, I will say this too, there's a lot of people that were playing at both events. That just build a deck that they can afford at the time, you know, and they would do yeah. that. You don't have to have all the special rares like, you know, we have in battle spirits or whatever the alternate versions are in one piece. I don't know. I don't know much about the game, but don't yeah. take someone's stuff. I, you know, I know we all watch anime. I know rare hunters was a thing in Yu-Gi-Oh, but let's not do that in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's I mean, get together play.
0: <laughs> if you, if you steal somebody's deck and maybe, you know, maybe they have a couple, maybe their deck's worth like two or $300. Like that's two or $300 for you. What if that, two or three hundred dollar deck was like that person is not going to play this game ever again now like that Mm -hmm. was they just got some really lucky pulls in their booster packs and built this deck they were excited to be there and now you did this to them and they're never going to touch this game again and yeah that's just horrible but um, I'm glad that your deck didn't get stolen, or at least I assume it didn't. You didn't mention no, that. No, no, it,
1: it, it did not. You know, as soon as they said that, uh, one one tip of advice I would give people that haven't been to huge events like this, um, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! was kind of very similar to some of the regionals I went to in YCS. Yeah, you Guys, I know a lot of us have our backpacks and all that. Keep that under the table, right between your feet. That's what yep. I always do. I always sip it up. Don't trust, you know, you're gonna meet some great people. You know, like I said, I met Eric and Cam at one of these uh, local events, but, don't just leave your backpacks there. And, and, you know, it's first time. Oh, trust them because you never know who they're with. It could be the friends. So it's just always yeah. keep them under your. The or if you have, you know, if you go with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is there with you, have them hold it because that's the best tip of advice I can give everybody. Keep it under the table. And that's what I did. If I went to the bathroom, I would take it with me. I would not yeah. leave that thing sitting anywhere. So
0: That's fantastic advice. Yeah, I if I'm in the even in my local game store, I still try to take out just what I need. I zip up my backpack. I put it underneath, uh, my feet so I can feel it at all times. And then, um, yeah, if I need to go to the bathroom or something, I put everything away. I know it's a pain in the ass, but like I put everything away and I take it with me because, uh, yeah, you know, the the easiest way to avoid, uh, having your, your stuff stolen is just don't even give somebody the opportunity to do it.
1: Absolutely. And another thing, too, that I've noticed a lot uh, if you guys are given, you know, because somebody was asking me about my deck profile and they were talking to me, always just be aware of your surroundings, right? Either like, you know, Eric just said, sip up the rest of the stuff you don't need, because as you're talking about your cards or showing off your deck. You know you are distracted. You're trying to give that person your full attention. Somebody yeah. behind you can snipe it. Someone on the side, or or maybe they're doing it on purpose, right? Maybe they're just trying to distract you. So just always be aware of your surroundings, guys. I know we're all trying to be the best person we can be, at the local game community, but unfortunately, things like this happen, and it was kind of sad that the first day of the event at eight o'clock, not even twenty minutes into the, the you know the event actually going, somebody got their deck stolen. So whoever that person is, if you're listening, sorry, you get the deck got stolen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shout out to you. That sucks, but. Um so it was hot there were yes. there were thieves <laughs> surrounding you at every turn <laughs> yes uh, it was
1: it was crazy
0: how how was um how how was your first match like how did it go? do you want to talk about the deck before we talk about that or yeah
1: so yeah let's so i guess let's go into the deck that way yes, yeah. so um I went in you know i'm I'm a huge uh dark slash anything evil kind of player. And I've been like that in any of the games I've mentioned before. You know, Hearthstone, I prioritize Warlock. Um, are you magic. playing Abyss?
0: Are you playing Abysscraft? In uh...
1: <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> so I start. I started off with Dragoncraft, and I like Dragoncraft. But uh, you know, when you guys were talking about Abysscraft, and I, you know, I played some of that because on the uh, on the Steam game, I was playing. Um, I forget what it's called, like Vengeance. I forget what it's called, but the the things called basically like vampires and stuff. Oh, uh, Bloodcraft. Bloodcraft. That's what it yeah. was. I know they changed it for the, for the West, but yeah, I was playing Bloodcraft. Uh, so yeah, anything dark, I, I am playing Abysscraft for Shadowverse. So absolutely. Nice. <laughs> so you know with that being said uh i went you know playing purple deck um as far as i didn't really go with anything crazy for the name i just called it like purple control i think is what i went with because i felt that's yeah. what it was the one that you um, sent me
0: is uh named unnamed deck so that's
1: uh, oh unnamed deck that's that's even better yeah it, it was like purple control i think, I yeah. think we, I, we had to name it for the event uh yeah. it was pretty standard you know basically core of purple you know you run your Kamala knights. Obviously, the all-star of the deck is uh, Beldegor. <laughs> you need Beldegor at least four copies of that. If you're playing yeah. purple without them, unless you can't afford them for whatever reason, And you know I had the SPRs, but you can get the regular one for pretty cheap. You guys yeah, I think need to play Beldegor. The
0: SPR is like twenty, but I think the regular is like a buck fifty. So yeah, like um,
1: that is the card.
0: Beldegor yeah. is a three-cost one reduction uh, purple spirit, level one for one core, two k, level two for three cores, four k, and it has this really cool ability that I. Th- believe he's the only dude in the first set that has this although we have some more in the second set um but he has this ability called immortal and so if uh, a spirit that costs four or five is destroyed. You can summon him from your trash during either attack step. And whenever he's summoned, he basically is like a burning force on a stick, kind of like he can uh, select one of your opponent's exhausted spirits that costs four or fewer and destroy it. So it does have to be exhausted, but four or fewer cost is like a pretty, that hits a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, it really does. And you know, and we'll talk about this card. Um, you know, We'll talk about my matches later on. But I will say this, guys. This card won me a game, and it was the game I needed to win. Um, So definitely, I would just say this. You have to play... At least if you're still playing set one, set two might change a couple things. But I still see him being a very, very good card. So... I, I play uh,
0: Beldegor in some of my I like non purple decks. Like I'll splash him into a white deck sometimes. Like
1: Yeah, I mean he's just a good surprise card and, and honestly he's not that expensive even even in other colors. You know, he's only yeah. at three costs without the reduction um and with the effect you get and it's you know it's timeless. You can use it over and over again as long as you yep. know, you're playing four or five uh spirits. So yeah it's very good.
0: Solid card.
1: Um, Apart from that, like i say, typically, you know, I played the Dark Knights of Aguvel. uh The Dragon Naga Assassin, I will say this is another huge, crucial card that I think you should play in purple. Um, Not to mention the cost, right? But as far as the curse ability, it's very easy to have. But really what you need on this is the draw power. Um, Those of you guys that have played purple, you know, purple struggles with drawing sometimes into you get into your deaths and all that. So to have this early on, um, I ran four copies of them he is huge and came in very clutch with that ability to draw while attacking. So, and honestly, your opponent decides, right? Either I'm going to destroy my spirit because I have curse. I'm just going to let you draw off it or you're going to waste one of the resources trying to get rid of it. So you don't draw anymore. So,
0: yep. Super solid card. Um yeah it looks like a lot of your spirits actually are kind of in that draw a card space. You've got Dark Knight Aglaville who when he's destroyed if he has a soul core on him you draw a card. You have Dragonaga Assassin who if he has the soul core on him and he attacks at level 3 you draw a card. And then you have Dark Lance Cavalier which man this card fucking rocks.
1: Uh <laughs> you just Dude, yeah, whenever so you cheap,
0: right? whenever you summon it you draw a card. So Yeah
1: but if you have that many creatures or spirits on on field it's really just a two-cost spirit so it's super convenient
0: yeah um uh, talk a little ahead. bit about axe spider because that's,
1: that's yeah so fun. that's a little that's a little color splash i put in there you know and i think a lot of builds are sort of running him right now um funny thing about axe spider i think i pulled them on my first at least one copy of them on my mm-hmm. first uh stored tournament that we did it was you know it was like the five buck tournament and and I pulled him out. Everybody, oh yeah, cool. Like nobody talked about Axe. Like it was nothing. It was like the useless card. Nobody cared about it. And all of a sudden, it like oh, skyrocketed man. all over the place. Like X Spider was the talk, and it's been the talk. <laughs> and yeah. honestly, X Spider will still be the talk in set two with, with the white support. But that on on a different subject. But so yeah, I play X Spider. Um, obviously for a lot of reasons, X Spider is a huge, huge delay for your opponent if you're struggling. Um, I yeah, know I I, playing against Eric a few times, it came in handy.
0: Yeah it shuts well it has armor purple yellow so it can't be selected by the effects of your opponent's spirits nexuses or magic that are either purple or yellow and then at level two for three cores uh it or if you put a soul core on a nexus um it's and or so like both of those things can be active like itself uh And if you put a soul core on one of your nexuses, um, cannot be destroyed by your opponent's destruction effects or as the result of battle, and they can't have their cores removed. So the defensive capabilities of this card are insane,
1: Oh, absolutely. Especially, you know, right now the meta's is really, and you have your rogue decks out there, but really when you're playing against, you know, Gigano high level aggro decks, yeah. you have this blocking ability. You mix it in, you know, with suppression. Um, you know, I, in my build, I, I played the Nexus Infinity Mothership, which, um, you know, I only played a one off, but that's all you really need because it is expensive in purple. But when you saw it with the Axe Spider combo, man, it came in handy. And, you know, uh, Eric, I don't know if you want to read what the card does. Yeah, it's an infinity.
0: Infinity Mothership is a 5 cost 2 reduction, white nexus. uh, Level 1 for 0 cores, level 2 for 2 cores. At both levels, during opponent's attack step, at the start of the step, place all cores from your trash into your reserve. So basically you get to use all your flash uh, during your opponent's attack step. And then at level 2, this is where... Uh, Ax Spider and the Mothership become best friends. If you control a Mecha Spirit, which Ax Spider is, you gain two cores during your core step instead of one. So the ramp on that is very nice. Um, you don't have any other Mechas, right? It's just uh,
1: Ax Spider. Yep. it's just the Ax Spider. Yep. So yep. and honestly, I, I thought about running other Mechas, but I thought you know with Ax Spider with the Soul Core protection that it can give from Infinity Mothership and having that armor of purple and yellow. Um, it's it's I figured most people are not going to be able to target. They're going to target one or the other, right? You're either going to try to destroy my ax spider, or you're going to try to get rid of the mothership so I don't ramp up. But that really the ramp came in handy, you know, because I play you know your usual curse of dragons that so you must run in purple if you're running that build. Your bishops more expensive, so the ramping is good. But really, where mothership and you kind of nailed it came in handy is at the attack uh, the beginning of your opponent's attack step, being able to refresh all those cores. So good, you know, for lots of reasons. You know, the flashes, yeah. um, you know, your deadly balances, um, definitely your Belgors, right? They're in the graveyard, and you need more cores to be able to actually play them. Uh, it that's really what helped oh. me a lot in my matches. Was that because Belgor doesn't come for free? You still have to pay cores to have enough cores to have in the field. Um, and I, I noticed a lot of people that were running the build without that. Would you know have to sack one of their own spares just to be able to play Belgore? By that point, you're trading one for one, so yeah. that's a good thing. Why I liked about it,
0: I didn't even think about the fact that Infinity Mothership gives you the cores for Belgore. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think that's something to consider for any. I mean, there's lots of new Immortal cards in the new set, so that's definitely something to consider as we move into set two. If you want to play Immortal. Um, yeah. So you mentioned suppression. Suppression works really well with Axe Spider. Uh, four cost two reduction, white magic, main flash. Select one spirit against three thousand BP during this turn. If you spent a Soul Core as part of the cost, that spirit can block while exhausted for the remainder of the turn. So that comboing with Axe Spider's like indestructibility means you can just infinitely block everything um, if you have the two of them. But uh, I do have a question for you. Just based on what I've seen so far, and I'm wondering if you observed this as you were playing your matches, uh, did you find that you were strained for the soul core? Um, Because you've got quite a few cards that reference it. Uh, Camelot Knight needs it for curse. Dark Knight Agloville needs it for when destroyed to draw a card. Dragon Naga Assassin needs it to draw a card. Um, The Axe Spider. You know, if you want to protect your Nexus, you have to put it there. And then Suppression needs it for the infinite block. So how how did that work out with the soul core? Did you find that you had it um, when you needed it? Or did you oh, find yeah. that it was tough?
1: So uh, this is, that's actually a very good question. Um, certain matches, honestly, yes, right. Yeah. So almost most of my matches where that happened, it was very, like, I had to think out what my strategy was going to be. Because, you know, that's the one thing about this game I think that I love where The mechanics are pretty simple per se, right? You got your cores, you got your resource, that's what you use, that's your mana per se. But where the game gets extremely, where I would say skill-based in your decision-making, it's for the soul core, because you only get one. And this is a prime example of what Eric's asking, right? You have all these cards that, get an extra amazing ability if you have the soul core. But then you're at a point now where you have to decide, what do I need to use it for the best? So, yeah, um, I would say with my build, I didn't struggle as much because, for example, I'm not really running a big, even though a lot of my spirits, some of them say curse, I'm not running that, that traditional curse build where I want everybody to have curse. So, Yeah, you're not like the running Kamal like Knight, Mabuke and stuff, right? Exactly. So, like, Camel yeah. Knight is a free drop. Um, really, I used him more for cost reduction, just to have a spirit to block. Um, I will have the core on them, So, when I need them, but then you know I just kept moving up. So, you know, once I had enough cores, then I would remove the core to play it on the assassin, because I needed draw power. Um, if I if I didn't have the assassin and I need that draw power, then obviously I would move it to the Aggle vale. veil uh, once Axe Spider came on, you know, the soul core didn't matter until I had Mothership. So it allowed yeah. me to be free with it. Um but by that point I had either enough resources or i had enough cards in my hand for my draw ability that i could move that core around like for example for earth spider right if i'm playing yellow or something against red that usually only put one core in on their spirits then i would move it to the earth spider so you know i, I once they made one or two matches i might have like Oh God! Like, what did I do with my soul core? But ideally, yeah. I just kind of looked at what a scenario was. Like, you know, if I had a crappy hand because I got greedy and I, and I did mulligan, <laughs> which happened quite often because I'm so bad about mulligan. Because I'm like, I need this. I can get. Out. I always think I'm the best. Like, I'm gonna get out of this somehow. And yeah, I, usually know.
0: So, I do the same thing. <laughs> it's fine.
1: <laughs> but you know, um, very good question though. But yeah, for at least for me personally, at least with the build and what I was trying to get, because the end goal for me was trying to get as many cores as possible draw into my cards as much as fast as I can before they can start popping things off like my netherworlds and all that to be able to do a bishop uh, curse dragon combo and then from there, I should have at least an established board. uh, Big enough or you know if I did enough push damage with axe spider because you know they're gonna have to block them you can't get destroyed in battle so. Either gonna block and destroy spirit or you're gonna take some life so by that point in that game I should be far at least that's the idea right should be far long enough ahead that the soul core didn't matter as much.
0: Yeah, so I guess what I was thinking in my head is like, oh man, this is going to be some difficult decisions. It sounds like you just came at the problem a little bit of a different way. You came at the problem with a different mindset. Instead of thinking like, oh no, there's so many things that need my soul core. You're just like, all right, what is the one thing that that needs the soul core this turn?
1: Yep, So That's exactly it. So And honestly, sense. I would say of all the games I played, which I want to say we did, what, it was nine rounds of Swiss. Most of the soul core was used uh for drawing ability. That's really what I used yeah. it for. Um I want to say it was maybe one match, if I remember correctly, that I kept it on the mothership. Because uh, I think it was a mirror match. I was trying to ramp a lot faster because I think you know I was like Who- whoever gets to the cursor dragon first and yeah. bishop combo, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna win. <laughs> so that's the one time I kind of kept the soul core on that most of the game. Um yeah. for the most part, like I said, I didn't struggle very much on that.
0: So um do you want to talk about the cursed dragon bishop combo just uh i think most people are pretty familiar with that combo at this point but just in case people yeah. are not
1: so absolutely so you know the bishop Curse dragon combo at least in the community and even at the event uh amongst like purple players it's either a hate it or love it combo <laughs> right because <laughs> yeah. it, it really is just a one trick pony you know it's very simple you know your bishop he's a six cost card um when summon, remove all but one core from each of our uh, spirits and place them to the owner's reserve. And then at that point, you only will play Bishop if you're about to play Cursed Dragon. There were some matches where people play Bishop, and I'm like, oh, crap, here comes Cursed Dragon. And then nothing happens. And I'm yeah. like, why did you do that? You, I'm just going to put my cores right back on Bi- when it went. Like-
0: Bishop, if you're playing Bishop, you have to follow it up with something. You're either... Yep. You're either playing the Curse Dragon or you're playing like Dark Knight Mordred to kill something. Um, or you're, or maybe or the core Yeah, yeah or Earth, spider, Earth demon. spider. Yeah, or maybe just lowering that core amount lowers the BP enough that you can swing in and deal some major damage to them. Um, yes. Th- like you got to do something. You can't just play it and then pass. Like. It- Then at that point, like, why even play it? Like, the stats are not that good.
1: (laughs) That's what I was about to say. Honestly, I mean, the card looks amazing and cool. If you watch uh, any (laughs) anime, you know why. But apart (laughs) from that, I mean, apart from the combo, the card kind of sucks <laughs> like, yeah it really does it's very expensive i mean for the cost the level one bp is four thousand which is garbage and you know you got to have five on and to even be at nine thousand like the yeah. cards not; it's useless so like i said guys if you're playing purple and you're new to the game make sure you have a follow-up do not just play it just to play it unless you need a spirit to block i mean i get it you got different situations but yeah. um, but yeah, but so I, would, that's I he, would
0: I would consider that a reason to play it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Don't so just do it just for like, oh, look what I got. So yeah. then, obviously, you know, you got Inferno Curse Dragon, which is, I call it the. Apart from Medug, I would say it's one, definitely one of the boss monsters for purple. Um, he yeah. looks cool, especially in the SPR. But um, you know, when he, when he's summoned, he's a cost. When summoned, uh, remove one core each from all other spirits and place them into their owner's reserve. Then place a core from that void into the spirit for each spirit destroyed by this effect. And FY, that includes your own spirits. Yeah. And then his level two, it's, you know, it's pretty good. I mean, if you need it, but most most of the time you're not really using it for that. But it's just that select one of your opponent's spirits when he attacks. Remove all but one core from him and place into the reserve. So really you should use it for the summon effect. That's another good way, one you're basically resetting the board, right? You're blowing up the board. And also, depending where you're at on cores, you're also ramping on your core. So there was one match where I want to say, no joke, I think I had, my God, I want to say it was like 25 to 30 cores because between Cursed Dragon and the Mothership, I was just ramping so much. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like, I wish I had more expensive cards to play because I have all these cores. So I just loaded up my spirits with a bunch (laughs) of
0: cores. Yeah, it's just, uh, that's the thing about, I, I've been playing around with the new set. There's a lot of ramp in the new set and I built a deck that was just like all ramp. And then I was like, wait a minute, but I need something to do with it.
1: Like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like if I get be, a ramp, I yeah. need to have
0: like a, be, uh, it's like we were just useless. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah of course you need a,
1: useless, if you don't have anything else with it. So
0: yeah, you need a, it's like we were just talking about, you need a follow up. You need like a, you need to have a reason, a, a rhyme to your reason <laughs> or a yeah. reason to your rhyme. whatever the saying is, that's what I'm trying to say.
1: And I, will, and I will say this, I mean, as as much as I hate Bishop, because honestly, apart from that one-trick pony effect, you kind of need that combo when you're playing aggro, yellow, yeah. I mean, all those stacks, which I'll talk about in my matchups, but it's definitely a good combo. Um, apart from that, you know, the rest is basic stuff. You know, I got the, the devs, obviously. Um, I recommend running a four of, that is your drawing power ability. And honestly, yeah. those of you guys that don't know, uh, the level two effect for uh, Netherworlds, if you have three courts on it, it's uh, during your attack step when one of your spirits is blocked. You may pay one core from this nexus to destroy your opponent's blocking spirit when the battle ends. That actually came in pretty handy on some of my matches because I couldn't get over. So I just kind of forced them where, you know, you're either going to take this life that you can't afford because I think I had one opponent it was down to like two lives. And I was like, you're going to have to block. And it's more sure enough, you did. And then I activated that and was able to get around the spirit I couldn't get over otherwise. So yeah. that's definitely something. It kind of goes on unsaid and it's a hidden because nobody really uses it for that but it's really yeah. good
0: Well it's expensive because you got to pay six uh, three to six for the Nexus and then you have to put three more on it to do that mm-hmm. at, at least three more in fact if you want to do it more than once you need more than three because you have to remove a core from it to do it so um, but I think that's a good example of something that you could use all those cores from the curse Dragon on.
1: Between the Curse Dragon and the Mothership, if you have at least have it out so protected, it. It, it helps you out with that. Yeah. Um, one thing I would recommend purple players doing, because a few people that I saw playing purple, would, and I get it, but I think you're getting too greedy, and a lot of them did it for some reason. Do not play three depths at the same time, guys. You are going to draw <laughs> out your deck, and you're going to lose. I did,
0: oh, it, I Do did, not do that. <laughs> I played two depths once in a game against Cam, and he decked me.
1: Like I said, I mean, especially, yeah. I mean, it's funny that happens, especially if you're playing against red or yellow, where they have lots of little spirits and summon yep. like 10 or 12 of them, they're just going to purposely attack to draw you out. And I will yeah. say this, guys, in a competition like this, when you go into overtime more than you think you will, because I want to say out of all nine matches, I went to overtime probably about six or seven of them. I think it was six of them. Wow. That matters. That matters because for of you guys to know what the tiebreakers are. So the first tiebreaker is who has the most uh, life left, obviously. Yeah. The second tiebreaker is who has the most cards in their deck.
0: Yeah, you and so, I found this out together. <laughs>
1: yeah, so if you don't, you know, if you're, you're out here drawing being greedy for no reason, unless you need it, if, if you're just drawing just to draw, it's not good. And, you know, Red struggles with a lot of this as well with uh, their Nexus that draws a lot. And then the, the weirdest third tiebreaker, which... It's kind of surprised me. I get it and I don't get it. And I'm still confused on it. Uh, The uh, head judge told us. So the third tiebreaker is whoever has the least amount of cores actually wins. You would think it'd be the opposite. But it's actually Uh who has the least amount of cores wins the game. That blew my mind. Because in my mind, I'm thinking if I have a deck that's all about ramp, obviously I'm going to have more cores. So, But I guess the head judge kind of explained it, which kind of makes sense. He looked at it. Well, if you had that many cores available, you at least should have won the game. You know. Yeah. I'm like, well, I, I was gonna I can see s- that side. I, I was gonna that say
0: that. That's how I was picturing it in my mind. Is I was like, oh, well, this person did more with fewer resources. Like they yeah. managed to like basically tie with you. For fewer cores, but oh, that's
1: funny because he said that the whole you could hear the whole room. Everybody was like, "What?" Because yeah. you know, before the match started, before the event started, they went over all the rules and what the you know what Bandai Bandai says all that, and everybody. As soon as he said it, was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it was yeah,
0: like, yeah. Well, um, yeah. You and I found out about the card tiebreaker because we had a game. Uh, I've talked about yeah. this on the podcast actually. We when we played against each other at store champs, uh, our game went to time, and then you beat me. Um, We we went to time. We played out the rest of our turns. We uh, both had three cores left in our life. And then uh, you had 35 cards and I had 33. And one of the key determining factors of that game was that you killed my guard and made me draw three cards. And uh, that was like oh, man, I didn't even realize that that would have been bad for me, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who who would thought that plusing three cards would eventually, like, bite you in the ass? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Oh, go right. ahead. I just say, while we're on the subject about the deck, Uh, one thing I learned at the event, which I did not know, and I think I told Eric and Cam through text, so I was keeping in touch with them, was when you... So you can't do a game one, obviously. Game one is whatever your deck is, which you shouldn't be in overtime anyways. Um, yeah. Unless unless you're playing like a white mirror match, you might go into overtime on game one because I know I've seen it happen. But on game two, when you go to side, it ain't like other traditional games like Yu-Gi-Oh! is the only one I can think of that you, you know, side one for one or two for two. On this one, you can either side the same thing, right? I take out two from my deck, put two in, or you don't have to take anything out and put your whole side deck into your deck without having to side anything out so which your max side deck is 10 cards so a lot of people were doing that right if they knew when the merry match was doing it hey as long as those 10 side cards are really going to be useful to you they're not going to you know give you brick hands you can you can have a a a 60 card deck and you know if you go to overtime be lucky if you did yeah so
0: yeah i mean if your first match took like 35 minutes or something like that and then you're like oh we're definitely going to game three uh, or, like, we might go to overtime even in game two. Yeah, you just pad your deck out so that way, if it comes down to some weird tiebreaker, you don't lose on a technicality.
1: But when I just said that, I was like, I, I had to ask him my five. I oh, wait, you're saying I could put my whole side deck in what I have a side? He's like, Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, Okay, not that I need to because um, yeah. I think Gary might have it. But I run, I, my main deck is 55 cards, you know. Uh, yeah,
0: I was going to bring that up, actually. So, yeah, I noticed you're playing 55. And I think maybe a few weeks ago I would have thought that was unusual, but i think I've seen some uh pretty top performing decks playing some odd numbers of cards so was tell us tell us a little bit about the fifty five cards was it that there were things that you felt like you um couldn't cut, or was it more uh you were trying to play for this tiebreaker thing or what what was your thinking?
1: So it's actually a mixture thing. So going into the Grand Open, um, I know I did a lot of play testing with Eric, um, and just looking at the meta and and a lot of the other events have been happening, like the online events, um, the Chile Grand Opening, Red. Oh, straight aggro, apart from, you know purple's out there with the mirror match. I wasn't worried about the mirror match because purple and the mirror match is kind of like who draws the best cards at the right times. Yeah, and just answer one for one. I we, was also, really we also we also
0: play tested a lot of the mirror match to get yeah. you ready.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, and the mirror match it's control, right? I, I love control decks because mirror matches that's exactly what it is. It's a control. I'm control what you do, and we're, gonna be, yeah. we're just going to be trading back and forth until somebody can pop off, right? Or yeah. or one of these spice cards come off. Um, which for me would have been the Mothership and the Axe Biter. Um, and, you know, I'll talk about the other two that I have in there and really kind of spice things up against the Mirror Match. But I was really going preparing my deck to go against Red and Yellow. Those were my biggest um, worries that I had for a number of reasons. One, I, I haven't played very much against those uh, decks because a lot of people, you know, around here where we live, are either playing Purple or White or Splash of different things. Um, but two, I was really worried about purple struggles with big wide boards, right? Purple's good at controlling one for one trading, removing cores here and there, but board wipe is very hard if you, you know, if I'm playing against somebody that goes wide. So my idea between going 55 cards in the deck is exactly what you said, right? I didn't really want to cut anything because I felt like everything that I wanted in my main deck, I wanted to be able to be prepared and control whatever deck I'm playing against. And in my mindset was like, if I went game one, Game two and game three are gonna blast, right? Because I can, you know, even if I lose game two, I'm still ahead. Oh, I was ahead, right? So I can yeah. kind of recover, kinda see what I need. But if I'm I'm in game one, that pressure's already off. Uh, yeah. I, they're gonna be more stressed out trying to win, where I'm kinda like, all right, now I see what you got to play. But really yeah. like I also wasn't too worried about the the amount of cards I had just due to the fact that I have a lot of drawing power, right? I have the assassins, I have the Lancer, um, the Deaths, you know, um, and the two cards I did, did not want to cut. And I man, I stand up all night just like looking at my deck, like, <laughs> should I take it off? And I think me and Eric had a long conversation after our last playtest of like, should yeah. I cut it? Should I not cut it? Should I add this? Uh, I said, I think I put it on Twitter, I I put a picture of, uh, those of you guys that watched Yu-Gi-Oh!, there's an episode where Yami's just looking at at the, he's preparing for a tournament, and he has like five or six different decks on his uh, table, and looking at him intensely, that's what I felt like, Like, (laughs) what should I take out, but I didn't want to take out Furl Slash um yeah so let's you want to talk about first slash why I played it or you want to read what it does and then I'll talk about yeah why I, I'll read it, it out really
0: quick I didn't know that you even had this in there until you sent your deck over because this wasn't I don't think this was in there when we were playtesting no
1: this, this was a last minute what they call <laughs> yami
0: decision <laughs> it was a yami decision yeah <laughs> um my girlfriend has this phrase that she uses whenever especially for at restaurants where she calls things game time decisions uh so she'll be like I think I want the taquitos but I also kind of want the burrito and then she'll be like it's going to be a game time decision so then like you know the waiter comes over and then he's like alright what do you guys want and then she's like burrito
1: that's
0: awesome (laughs) you know you gotta make the game time decision and that's what this card was for you it sounds like Um, so feral slash four cost two reduction red magic Um, so there's no reduction going on for this right you don't have any way to reduce it so you're always paying four Um, so always four cost for you it's a burst that triggers when you lose life. Uh, select one of your opponent's spirits with 3000 or fewer BP and destroy it. You may then pay this card's cost to activate its main effect. The main effect is select one of your opponent's nexuses that cost four or fewer and destroy it. So um, a little bit of uh, some Burning Force type abilities there going off, but it's a burst. So yeah, talk about this a little bit.
1: So. First slash, it's funny. This card, I think we got this card. I wanted the promo. I think it was the launch event that you and I went. Um, I think it came up on the whatever the the store gives you. Yeah, and, it's you know, like I had in my the binder. core set. The course, yeah. And I yeah. had it, and I and I was going to my binder before the event, for you know, drove out to Ohio, and I read it, and I read. It. I was like, holy crap! And I went back and looked. Here's the main reasons why I played this card. What's well, two reasons? First one, it's a burst, right? So it's free. It doesn't really cost me anything, as far as you know. Mentioned about the cost, cost reduction. So it allows me to destroy another spirit if, once again, the purple struggles with white boards. I at least can pop one or two things that are, you know, lower, you know, depending on where the DPS, I'm playing against yellow or red, just kind of reduce, reduce the pterosaurus they have on the field while I get my stuff going if I don't have any spirits. But the biggest one why I played it where it's kind of technically in a way free for me as well is if I pop a creature it's the nexus removal. Those of you guys that play against yellow or play yellow, you got Phantasmal Paradise. It's a four cost nexus that's really annoying. I hate it. Um, What it does, if you don't know, know, it's a four cost. It says uh, during your main step, when you summon a Fable Beast Spirit, you make Sauces Nexus to draw a card. And then the the second ability is just all your Fable Beasts get 1,000 BP. But that drawing, I can't tell you how much drawing power that gives yellow. So I definitely want, you know, counter against that. And the other annoying uh, nexus that yellow has is Blessed Cathedral. Another oh, full cost nexus. Bless which is, pathogen. you know, during your either attack step, place a core from the void into your reserve when one of your yellow spirits is destroyed. Um, and then at level two, you know, during your either attack step, draw a card when one of your yellow spirits is destroyed. So it's another ramp and draw. So Feral Slash answers that, right? So that's the one thing I wanted to be prepared against going into this grand opening was against yellow and red. And same thing for red, right? So in red, you have uh, Volcanic Canyon, it's a four cost nexus. You know, those of you guys probably already know what it does. You know, during your draw step, you can draw one additional card. After you draw, discard a card from your hand. And then at level two, which it's only cost one core, all of your spirits gain 1,000 uh, battle points. And then you have the other nexus they have, which is the Scorch Battlefield, another four cost nexus. All of your red spirits gain 1,000. And then during your attack step, draw a card when you reduce your opponent's life at level two. Um, so Feral Slash, was very, caught a lot of people off guard. I will say that, right? Especially in the main, I think if people were playing it, cause I don't really recall seeing anybody that I played against playing it, but if they did, it's probably on the side. I decided to main it um, for those two reasons, right? I want to take care, cause yellow and red struggle without those nexuses a little bit, you know? And if you can take care of those early on, I'm golden, right? And and for a build that I want to call control, that's what I'm doing, right? And as far as the cost, we're always oh, expensive. It is, but by the time I need to play that card, ideally I should either have my infinity mothership out or I purposely would take i'll always purposely go down to three life just to get those extra cores and ramp up a little bit quicker um and going second obviously helps out with that so
0: nice yeah, I am now envisioning um a scenario where uh with feral slash this is like the dream um <laughs> Turn You go first. You lay down a Feral Slash uh, in your burst zone, and you pass the turn. They go second. They have five cores. They play a three-cost... You're playing against yellow. They play a three-cost Nexus and a two-cost Spirit and swing in. <laughs> you flip mm-hmm. this card over and you just blow up their board. Yep. <laughs> and then you start your next turn with uh, six cores because they just helped you ramp. Um, so I, I think... Yeah, this card's really good. I honestly have not really looked at it uh, since I got it out of the core set, so I should really check this out.
1: Yeah, think I think this. I say this is a very good card, at least right now. You know, looking at the next set, where some of the nexuses on the next set, and I say that now, right? It's too early, but it's just theory building and talking about it. Yeah, they're not they're not as strong as set one nexuses, and I think you know Eric uh, Cam and I have talked about this on our on our texts. We're like. I Feel like the set one was kind of like, oh my god, we gave him really good nexuses. Let's kind of tone down the power on set two because, yeah, set one. If you look a lot of it, for each color, ideally, you know, um, white you know, can use a little bit better nexuses, uh, from set one, but they have pretty good uh, nexuses. I mean, yellow and red, especially with the draw ability and the ramp ability. Um, this is why I wanted to play Feral slash. Like I said, the whole mindset was. Let me take game one. You know, if I take game one, I can worry about if if I don't need this card, I'll side it out, you know, game two, um, yeah. based on what I'm playing against.
0: I'm assuming against in the mirror match, you side this out, because this does oh, nothing to Netherworld Yeah, absolutely. Deaths, so. Yeah,
1: mirror. Th- and that, that's the one thing, you know, if you're playing a mirror match, you know, you could say, well, now you have two cards that don't do anything for you. But keep in mind, I'm also playing 55 cards in my deck. So ideally, if you're playing a normal deck, you wouldn't even have that many cards in your deck to begin with. That, yeah, uh, so that's why kind of just like it's there if I need it. If I don't, whatever. Um, I can use it for like core drain or something like that, or core death uh later on. Um, because I, I have core death on my side. But yeah, I would definitely side that out against a mirror match. And then the other main card that I played um was Screen Bomb, you know, um, between the Infinity Mothership if it's still on board and the axe spider, especially if I have two or at least I mean, I would never have three, but if I had two out, um, but even at one, it reduces my cost of dream bomb. But you know, dream bomb is an amazing card, you know, cost yep. five, but it's, it's a burst card. So when it you does lose a, life,
0: it, It fulfills a very similar role to the feral slash.
1: Absolutely, um, yep. It
0: does not kill the things, so it's not, you know, it's not as effective at, you know, removing the threat. But if in the mirror match, this takes care of Netherworld depths at least for a little bit.
1: And and that's really what I wanted to, to do with this deck. is control their nexuses. Cause I mean, at this point now, if you look at Battle Spirits, most of the uh decks out there, most of your deck really needs those nexuses to survive, you know. Uh yeah. purple included, right? If you draw like crap and you don't have any of your spirits to help you draw for for a reason. I mean, let's just say you open up with, like, two two Netherworlds and whatever, like a Cursed Dragon and, let's just say, a Burning Force. That's a crappy hand. And, and by the time you can play Netherworld, you are you might be too far gone. So controlling their um nexuses and what they're able to do with them, it, it really did help me out. So I would say definitely Feral Slash is a little spice card. I mean, not everybody would play it, but Dream Bomb for sure, at least at the moment, it's just such a good card, you know, especially against cards that, um you know, for example, ax spider. Let's just say you are playing a mirror match, and somebody has an ax spider. Dream bomb that for now. You know, it gives you at least a little yeah, room. Yeah,
0: it gets it out of the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, which say, I'll, I'll be back next turn, but at yeah. least for that turn, <laughs> well, it, it might be something you need.
0: That might be all you need, though, because um, maybe maybe your opponent's at at two health. They have two cores left, and you just need that those last couple attacks of attacks to land. And they have this ax spider, and you're worried they're going to suppression. Um, Bam, dream bomb. Okay, maybe that changes up the math a little bit. Maybe you can swing in. Maybe you can get it. So
1: yeah, and honestly, like I mean, Maduke, right? I mean, you're playing a mirror match. You dream bomb that Maduke. Now nobody, yeah. uh, the spirits don't have the blood curse that you have to worry about so much. Yep,
0: yep. Especially if you do that, um, in kind of the middle of them doing their big move, you can really throw them off balance
1: absolutely absolutely like you know and i'll say this like first slash talking about i mean if you look at purple if you're playing against an aggro purple deck i mean most of the spirits are three thousand or under so you really can control you know when i was talking about in the mirror matches about who has that first little opening that that's sometimes all it takes is you know you lose a life like eric has said you ramp up with that core and now you destroy one of the spirits and it kind of gets you a little bit more of a, a edge on hand so,
0: yeah, I actually, um, I say more often than not, I'm pretty happy to lose a couple of life at the start of the game.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like I said, my, at least for purple, I, I haven't really played around with other decks uh, as much to say that, but at least for purple, the max I will always go down to is three, you know? And ideally, you know, I should have at least an absolute ice shield by turn three, um, based yeah. on probabilities and all that. So I'd feel very comfortable with that, but I would say three because... You need that ramp to start off with, you know, and especially with a deck like this, where if you look at my cost, it's pretty expensive, right? I mean, apart from the few three cost cards, um, everything's four, five, five, eight, five, six. So it is yeah. expensive. So going down to three, hoping that you get that, um, you know, those Dragonaga or the Dark Lancers to draw more, but really what you're looking for here is to get that Axe spider out to at least stall for a little bit or that Mothership to help with the ramping. And then once you got enough course on there, honestly you're you're good you should be a good spot
0: yeah makes sense and um yeah i i totally agree about that with the three life i think um people need to uh and i've noticed this with magic players as well when people start playing magic um people are afraid to take any damage to their life and uh so sometimes like People will, like, if I'm talking about magic, people will make really dumb blocks. They'll block mm-hmm. things they don't need to block. Like, just take the damage. Like, yeah. in, in magic, at least, now, you know, there's, their creature is tapped and can't block. And now you can swing in or you can do something to it. And it's kind of the same thing in battle spirits. It has that same tempo. Um, I am totally fine. I agree. Going down to four, I don't really care. Going down to three, um, I might try to prevent that if I have a good way to, otherwise it's fine. Um, but yeah, once I'm at three, I'm like, okay, now I need to seriously defend my life because I am one derm Dino away from just death. So,
1: <laughs> you know, and, and, you made a very really good point, and, and I realized that in a lot of games that I play, you know, I talked about, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh!, where you have, which, those <laughs> you got to play Yu-Gi-Oh!, now, light points don't matter. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> you, you can have 1,200,000 light, it don't matter, it's about what combo you have, but back yeah. in the day, you know, you have 8,000 light points, and, and, you know, you can go down to fifty life points, they still win. Um yeah. Hearthstone's another game, you know on life points. Um, magic, like you said, you're right, you know, when I play Magic Arena, um, you know, I'll attack even if my creature has tramp or whatever. Um People would still block, and I'm like, "Yeah, you have 20 life, and I think, yeah. I mean, at least with Magic, a little bit at play, so please don't shoot me down. I'm not an expert, but it's you can get life pretty good depending on what deck you're playing, right? You can always get your life back in Magic pretty easily.
0: Yeah, um, you also don't so, even really need to. It's like you said, you, like you can still yeah. win. Your life could be one, and you can win.
1: <laughs> i mean i remember I, I wish i remember it was a red deck i still remember but it was one of the creatures but i remember winning a magic arena game with only one life left so yeah. it, it's doable the only thing i would say with battle spirits where it gets a little bit tricky at least currently is or well, two things right battle spirits life is also your resource which i love good and bad right because you yeah. can kind of depend on it you only have five life which oh cool it's not that no it's five life is nothing and right yeah. now apart from blessed on yellow you don't have a lot of ways to get your life back so it's kind of like if you're gonna take that damage it needs to be yes you, you know make sure you have a strategy behind it or that your hand is going to be able to respond don't just be taking hits for no reason because yeah. if you don't have anything in your hand you're just hurting yourself at the end of the day
0: yeah, it's just like we talked about Baculus earlier. It's just about making, like, calculated decisions. So if you're going to take damage to your life, and it's a choice whether or not you take that damage, um, make sure that you're making that choice with as an informed decision. You're not just like, eh, I'll take it, or eh, I won't take it. Like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. You need to think about, like, okay, if I take this damage, that gives me one extra core, then my next turn during my, my core step, I get one more, and now I have this many, and I can play this eight cot Eight cost card from my hand. Like, that's how you want to be thinking about it. You don't want to be thinking about it like, uh oh, it doesn't matter. Like, you want to be like, do I block this? If I don't block this, like, if I take the damage, does this actually help me? Um,
1: exactly. I mean, and like I said, it goes back to, like, if you're playing casually, whatever, right? But I would remove myself from those pattern guys because at events like the grand opening, or, you know, let's just say you go to a pro tour, or whatever, like, yeah. All those decisions matter, not even just for the game. Like You always got to keep in mind, if I go to overtime, that's the first thing. That's the first tiebreaker It's yeah. life. So if you're yep. purposely taking life for whatever reason and you don't have anything to respond or to do damage, you're really just hurting yourself. And it kind of goes back to what Eric was talking about that one match we had where you never thought that drawing three cards was going to hurt him in the end. Yeah. <laughs> you're taking that damage early on for whatever reason because either you didn't keep track of time so you're on game three and you yeah. thought you had whatever, 10 minutes and truly only two minutes and now you just took two life because thinking you're going to go off. Well, guess yeah. what? Now you can't and now you just lost because you purposely took life for no reason. So just be very yep. careful with that.
0: Yep, yep. Be aware of, um, if you're going to play at a high level event, be aware of all of the factors that could influence your your win and also for life i did want to i have absolute eye shield up on the screen i think everyone knows what this card does at this point but um it's important to so we were talking about like different levels of life that you're comfortable at so obviously i'm comfortable at five still comfortable at four pretty comfortable at three, but starting to protect myself. Once I hit two though, uh, that's where the decisions start to happen. Because if you go down to one, you can no longer uh, absolute ice shield. Because if uh, they, if you're at one and then they drop you to zero, you just instantly lose. You don't get a chance to return the life, uh, the core to your life. So yes. um, you have to, yeah. like two, once you're down to one, you're, you're making Hail Mary plays. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, and I said
1: it, I said this, guys. If you got onto one, keep this card in your hand. Just use it for the flash effect. <laughs> like, yeah, it, talk it does, about does, that really. No good burst.
0: Talk about that really quick because that's a fun little trick that you've done against me, and I've talked to Cam about it, and uh, it's really changed our minds about how to play Absolute Ice Shield. Because yeah. um, I think <laughs> more often than not, you probably want it in the burst, but I think there are some really cool ways to play this as a flash out of your hand.
1: Yeah, so I mean, kind of like it's, I mean, it's number of ways you can go about it. Obviously, if you only have one life left, it this is absolutely useless as advice you as far as the burst <laughs> card goes. So don't play it, guys. It's just wasting a burst spot for no reason. And if you you know, it's just a yeah. waste. So don't do it. Yeah. But really, um, like I said, the flash. Like a lot of people I think, just are so used to like thinking about this card for the life gain, or, or not even a life gain, because you're really just kind of going back to where you were at to begin with, yeah. um, that they forget that if you keep this in your hand, this ends the battle after that attack step. So just because you have one life, as long as you have a couple spares, or depending on what the, the board state looks like, and you can at least block that, att- that current attack step that's happening... Yep. um it, it ends it and you basically technically gain your life right you you have one more turn to kind of get yourself out of a sticky situation so and also too like it's a good bluff card right a lot of times i don't say you know if i have five or four life or whatever or if i have like something else on my burst like a dream bomb or something a lot of people think that it's absolute ice shield so either they won't yeah. attack but sometimes I don't even play any burst and just keep this in my hand so they can go all out on whatever they're about to do. I'll end the attack step and now, especially if you're playing like a control deck or if you're playing a heavy core removal purple deck, you know, now that you have all these things, they assume that you have nothing in your hand because you have no burst, that now you ended the attack step and now you can counter every single play that they're probably planning on doing which I've done that a few times just by playing from my hand. And like you run four of them, so you're going to (laughs) see... At least two by I say by turn seven you ideally should see at least two depending on your draw ability. Um, that losing a life here and there is not that big a deal. The one thing that we'll want to make sure that you guys understand, and I talked to Eric and Cam about this because I had a uh, unfortunately against an opponent um, did not understand the car very well, but it is when the battle ends that's currently happening you end the attack steps so yeah um hey, you, you want me to talk about it now that little situation or you want me to hold off on yeah
0: that? actually yeah we've uh <laughs> we've gone a little over what i thought we would do so <laughs> okay, so <laughs> but, yeah uh keep yeah why don't you walk us through your like matches a little bit and if you want to talk about that specific one okay, uh, i'll get first. to that when i want to get you, to
1: it yeah yeah so so with this match uh so obviously it was uh, nine rounds of Swiss. Day one, we only did uh, seven rounds, um, because it was just extremely hot. It was literally a a mental game for every game to save your life because it was so hot, everybody was drained. So they did it, you know, seven and we finished the last two on Sunday. But to be able to come back for Sunday, you had a you know, either you had you had to go X two. If you were X three, you weren't even coming back the next day. So but yeah. this point, this particular situation I'm gonna talk about was actually x1 currently um so i had to you know uh win this uh match oh sorry i was x2 so i had to win this because if i win x3 i wouldn't come back so my last round it was a mirror match um your opponent was playing an aggro build of purple uh we had it was game three we both had the same amount of lives uh he, he tried to attack with i forgot what it was he tried to attack with something he destroyed my uh, Glancer, which is a cost four, and I had a Belgore engraved. So I activated Absolute Ice Shield, once again, from my hand. So that attack went through. Dark Lancer gets destroyed. His spear is exhausted. I get to summon my Belgor, pop off his monster because it was a cost four, and then I can attack. He was trying to dispute that because he was under the impression Absolute Ice Shield completely ends the battle. This never happened. And we called the judge. He disagreed with the judge. We called the head judge over. And they also the same <laughs> thing. I mean, it it clearly states it when this battle ends. So that battle phase or you know happened anyways where it triggers Belgor because it's during that attack step. So please make yeah. sure that you you know, guys, I know we get frustrated in close love competition, but it it's important that you You know, it's a joke about it, and I think you guys hear it all the time. Those trading card game players, we don't read cards, right? We really don't sometimes. But it's on there.
0: I mean, yeah, let's talk about the timing. So they swing in with a spirit. Um, They they I declare block. You declare block, and at that point you flash in the ice shield from your hand. The, The ice shield says, when this battle ends, end the attack step. So as soon as everything about this battle is resolved, like everything... Then the attack step ends. So, they kill your Dark Lancer, which then triggers the Beldagor's ability, Um, and bear in mind, we're still in the attack step because uh, the battle has not ended yet, we're now working on this triggered ability, Beldagor comes in, does his thing, now the attack step is over.
1: So and, and that I mean that really is just that didn't that that scenario didn't win me the game, but that that was turn three. So you know when you go to overtime it's turn zero, one, two, three. So that was his last turn. Yeah. So by me doing that, he couldn't swing in anymore from my life. So we went to overtime or we went into the tiebreakers, which we both had the same life. And once again, this is where having more cars came in handy.
0: Oh, Oh, this guy must have been so pissed off at you. He
1: he was mad. (laughs) Like, literally, like, those of you guys, uh, I think his Twitter is Bean. Most of you guys know who Bean is. He won, like, one of the uh, online... Battle Spirit uh tournaments where his purple deck. He was one of my he was sitting next to me and he put he like later talked to me afterwards like that guy was he was screaming, uh, he was mad. My Wait, partner, so it was
0: wasn't at, it wasn't the bean guy that did this. No, no, was... no, it wasn't oh, that okay. bean.
1: It was somebody else. I won't mention his name, but it was somebody else. But even bean was like, "My god, that guy was like distracting me cuz he raised his voice, he was yelling at the judges. Because oh, he didn't agree with Absolute Ice Shoot. He didn't agree with the card. He didn't agree with the scenario. But it's, it was all legal play, right? And then he got mad that I had more cards in my deck. Well, and I was like, you have how many cards left? I like, not even told him, I was like, you could deck check. Like, my list says 55 cards. That's what I yeah. have. I, like, I mean, so. so,
0: yeah, that sucks like, to act like that at this event. But also, I kind of get it. Like, everything you've just described, this game decides who goes to day two. You're in game three of this game. It has been a long, hot, sweaty day.
1: Yes, of... by this point, I think it was like eight thirty at night, and oh, we started eight o'clock in the morning. So, so it was definitely like, a long day.
0: I, I don't want to defend, you know, the actions here, but I will say, like, I get it.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> and then it's... to lose to the like <laughs> to card... lose like that, yeah. yeah to yeah. lose to
0: the card count <laughs> tiebreaker, I yeah. mean that that does suck. Uh, so like, I get it, but. I, you know, yeah, don't don't yell at judges though, please. But you know, I get it.
1: <laughs> They're there for the job, and you know, it might be something so silly, but I'll tell you this: like, I play some high level people that are in the Battle Spurs community right now. Um, uh-huh. Just to name a few: um, Vincent Shepherd, um, he played the Blessed uh, Fable build. Ian uh, Ross, which he actually was the one guy that went to finals. Um ended up losing um against uh red against general. He was Rex. he was
0: playing fabled, right?
1: He was playing Fabled as well, yep. He beat me. I um, actually beat Vincent. Same thing. We went to game three, overtime tiebreaker was more cards in my deck. So <laughs> I have Wait, won more games. Yeah, you
0: you beat him uh on cards and deck.
1: Yep, yep. Wow. I beat Vincent on cards and deck. And he's I if you guys don't know about like Vincent's a really, really good player, very good player. Yeah. Um and I played against Emil uh, Menz, which he also went to top. I think he was a top eight as well, a top 16. And my last uh, game that I actually lost, uh, I should have won, guys, count kind of your course correctly. I was, I think, <laughs> exhausted already. And I could, you know, I played against Tim Rivera. Those of you guys oh. don't know who Tim Rivera is, he won the first grand opening with... The Rex guy. So he was yeah. playing the same deck, playing the same deck. You know, it's funny when I sit down with him. I was like, oh my God, you're Tim. Said, hey, how you doing? So, and I joked with him. I was like, wait, you already got your invite. So just let me have this. And he's like, he's like, no, nah, you got to work yourself for it. So it's yeah, fine. Right. You know, I was, I was just joking around, but I was expecting him to play something differently. And no, he was playing red again. And, you know, game one completely had it, right? He just went wide right away, what, you know, doing what red does with Gigano, uh, Rex, and just, you know, killed me. So I was go to game two, scoop. So game two, I go, I win because he goes all out on his spirits. I do the bishop in front of curse Dragon combo. Oh, he nice. says, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't have no response. let go to game three. Cool. So game three takes a little bit longer, right? At this point, we're like probably eight minutes left uh, in game three before we go into overtime. And uh, I don't know if it was my nerves. I don't know if was, I was just tired from I, I don't know what it was, but I counted my course three times. And I felt like I did not have enough for the Bishop-Cursed Dragon combo because he had no burst card face down, um, no cards in hand. He had three or four spirits and one nexus, and his spirits all had, including the Rex, only had one core on it because I forgot what combo he had done where he had to use some of his cores. I think he played, like, Burning Force or something like that. Um, So if I could have got these guys out, Bishop and the Cursed Dragon, I could have, you know, same thing like game two. Board white, go in for life and win the game. And for some reason, I guess I just, my, my math wasn't good that day. You know, I, I, and I realized this after the fact because he ended up winning, obviously. And he asked me, Were you about to do the Bishop Curse Dragon combo again? I was like, Yeah, but I didn't have enough course. And I kind of replayed the whole scenario. And I did have enough course. I just, <laughs> oh, I just no. forgot that I could sack my own spirit, um, which I know this, but I just forgot at the moment. I sacrificed yeah. sacrifice my own spirits. And I was like, Oh my God, I could have won. But honestly, I wasn't too upset about it because at that point, I was already, um, I think I was already X. Ex- three there uh, so he was just the last match so i went x4 um so they really matter because you really had to be x2 to really kind of top 32 but the yeah. end of day saturday when i looked at the pairings i was top 32 and then you know obviously by the end of day sunday out of 400 people i ended up uh 82 which is still a huge accomplishment like i said i played a yeah. lot of big names a lot of good players it's not like it's not like i was playing a bunch of like it was a lot of experienced players that have been to you know other grand openings, or you know, Emil uh, is huge in the magic uh, gameplay as well. I think he's won a few things with that, so it was amazing. Yeah. Like I said, I met a lot of cool people uh, Cosmic, Espira, some of these YouTuber guys I've met i met as well. There, I love
0: Cosmic's videos, and he's been doing Shadowverse videos too. So, yes, I've, been, wa- I've yes. been watching just like every video he uploads. And look, so the like, same way
1: personality okay. he has on his videos it's the yeah. exact personality he has. Um, but the biggest feedback I will everybody will give you about the grand opening, I mean, it was just the heat i mean that played a huge factor and you only got a half hour lunch which the line to get lunch was horrible so you couldn't really eat so there's a couple things that could have been done better so i mean
0: here really quick um i'm just gonna make this statement just because uh we kind of touched on it earlier um when we were talking about like watch your stuff um i think another uh maybe maybe we could all do like uh maybe you me and cam could do like some type of video about this at some point but I think that prepping for a big event, it's more than just, like, picking your deck and playtesting and, and, you know, showing up. Like, you need to pack, uh, especially me as I'm getting older, I've noticed, <laughs> I need to pack really efficiently. Like, I need to make sure I have plenty of water. I need to make sure I have, like, something as a snack. Just something. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. I, you want to make sure you have some Advil. Because if yep. you get a headache, you need to take care of that like ASAP, or you're good, You're not going to play very well. Um, and uh, I like to bring like a little uh, rag, like a little sweat rag or something. Yeah, <laughs> just to like wipe yeah, myself just off. It, with, it, or, it up. Like, yeah, I
1: call it. I call it the. Uh, you know, my wife jokes with me. I call it the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! emergency kit. So my bag always has a spray of deodorant. Uh, yep. Have like. I wish more people would out. bring that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll give mine away if you need to. <laughs> a little bit of snack definitely water because if you don't keep yourself hydrated at least you know headaches and guys you guys are playing a game like this at an intense level where sometimes you know other intense players or very good players you cannot function with a migraine or a headache there's no way I mean it's most it, of you guys have had migraines you know what I'm talking about like it's hard to focus on the game you're yep. kind of getting irritated so definitely like you said a leave some kind of tunnel a rag you know I'm not to think that because that would have came very handy I just kept going to the bathroom <laughs> I just kept like washing my face with cold water yeah it's just like but definitely you said. Preparing for a tournament, um, especially like huge events like this, a lot, this, is, this goes, and a lot of us stay up late. I know I did it myself, so I'm guilty of it, but try to get a good night's sleep because it's like, you know, for a test, you have to be mentally ready, prepared, try to have a good breakfast. But, you know, and I get it. A lot of us stay up till midnight trying to, or 11.59 before we submit a deck list um, to try yeah. to, you know, <laughs> do that. Hey, oh, and that's one thing that upset a lot of players, right? Which they gotta get better at. They got a lot of feedback about it. So the um, people that organized the event didn't account for Ohio's time change. So, like last oh. minute, it tweeted the uh, start time for the tournament had completely changed to to an hour earlier oh, and the next no. submission as well. So that threw up a lot of players. So yeah. a lot of people were freaking out, like, "Whoa, what the hell?" Blah blah blah. So it it was it was a little bit frustrating, you know. It, it was crazy to think that the second grand opening. You would have thought that it'd be a little bit more organized. Um, I mean, there's definitely things that they could do better. Um, I'm glad they sent out a survey, just asking what could do. You know, we all said the same thing: either a better venue or location or making sure that that place is ventilated. Like, it'd be different, which is a Battle Spirit players, 400 people. You know, it'll still be hot, but it's controllable. When you have a whole nother tournament like One Piece that brought another four or eight or 500 people, you have a thousand people in a unventilated building uh yeah. it, it's it's a lot you know it's almost i mean like, that's it's also a,
0: it's a safety hazard too like people people could pass heat out strokes, yeah, strokes, have a heat yeah.
1: stroke or something yeah i mean we're talking about june you know if it was like fall whatever it's just be very yeah. cold you can yeah. bundle up it's easier to get warm than it is to get cold you know unless you're gonna have yeah. a bunch of naked players so it's just like <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man um really quick before we move on to our next segment here uh anything you want to talk about from your sideboard i, I see um some extra suppression, um, some extra burning force.
1: Yeah, so from my sideboard, I will say this. I sh- you know, maybe just because I was towards the end of the night, because I stayed up pretty late, trying to build this deck. Um the Mechlord Durham Dyna, I honestly, if you ask me today why did you even play him on your side, I don't know. I think he just looked cool. I, I really think I don't really need anything
0: because <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he was there for moral support. He was there for
1: more support for Axe Spider yeah. because he I never played him. I never even side him in. Um and honestly, when I read him again, it I don't play I only play the, the four copies of Deaths and uh, the one Mothership, right? So it's not like I would have, you know, five Nexuses out at one time to even use this effect um, to really... Uh, for the White Spirits, right? My only White Spirit would have been himself and Axe Spider. So I think I just played them. I, I just I don't think I was thinking correctly. Meduke came in handy um, in one of the mirror matches uh, because of all the curse. That's where the only time I really used the curse ability for it. Angelic Pressure... Uh, I was just using it once again, you know, destroying little spares if I'm playing against yellow or red. But I never saw it, and it's expensive. So I probably won't play that again. Yeah, Core Dev, which is, uh, you know, it's just there in case I needed it. I probably honestly would have played two of that, um, and then replaced the Derm Dino or the Angelic Pressure. Um, dream blizzard um i never saw it Which is once again i was just trying to think of nexus removal if i needed i think that
0: on. i think that dream blizzard is an overlooked card i think that dream blizzard is actually really good it's just it sucks that it affects you as well but i yeah. i still think it's really good i think if you especially if you happen to ju- like cam doesn't really like nexuses and so if he built a deck with no nexuses like this should probably go in there you know um I, unfortunately, am addicted to Volcanic Canyon draws uh, in almost every deck I build, so Mm. (laughs) probably not for me, but I think this card is really good.
1: And it is, you know, I, I mean, I just never saw, like, for me, I looked at this, right, if the only thing I would be worried about with this would be against Yellow or Red, which I already had the Furl Slash and the Dream Bombs, right? Mm-hmm. The only time I could see this being useful and not really, because like you said, it hurts me as well. If I'm playing the Mirror Match when we both got Depths out, all I'm doing is just resetting the board for one turn, you know? So I just, for what it was, at least, at least in this deck build, um, I, I didn't really see a need for it. And it's Suppressions, like I said, it's just more extra power if I needed it. And of course, Burning Force, if I need to go a little bit more heavy, uh, Nexus removal, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I am on my side, I would definitely take out Dyna. Angelic Pressure, for sure. Maybe add um, one or two more to Core Def, Uh And then, I'm not sure what else I would add. I mean, Set 2 will change this around, obviously. But there was yeah. something else I really felt like I needed. I already have the Splash of Dream Bomb, the Suppressions, stuff that people usually play on their side, so... Maybe one more Badouk. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm excited to see what changes you make for set two with this deck um, i played against this deck not in this final form but in some of its forms leading up to the event quite a few times and it was a lot of fun to play against so i um, excited to see what changes you make with set two and uh i i'm gonna go ahead and try and um work with cam to make sure that we get your deck list in the show notes so that way people can check it out if they want to take a look um they can pull it open they can pull it open and look at the cards while they listen to the podcast but um we have gone quite a bit over so originally i was planning for us to do our top three favorite cards from the new set but i think why don't we just do our number one uh we're doing purple specifically so why don't we do like our number one favorite card from the new set and why does that sound good to you
1: yeah that sounds fun
0: cool um you want
1: me to kick it off or you want to kick it off
0: Maybe all. No, you know what? You go first. You go first. What's your What's your like? Out of all of the purple cards that we've had spoiled for false gods, um, what is your number one pick? And then go ahead and read it off for us. Tell us what it does, and then we can talk about why.
1: Sure. So my number one pick, and I don't know if it's gonna be yours or not, but it's reanimate. Um, <laughs> and and i'm talking about reanimating the special rare form or the or the regular version so it is a five cost three reduction um it's a magic card uh it has a burst effect when opponent resolves his spirits when summon effect discard the top three cards of your deck and return one purple spirit card from them to your hand you may then pay this card's cost to activate its main effect The main effect is select a spirit card in your trash that costs five or fewer and summon it without paying its cost. So this card, if you guys have not seen it, please go look at it. I mean, like I said, if you look at the regular version, straight out of an anime manga, if you look at the SPR, same thing. It looks so cool, so badass with the the graphics and the artwork. Um, That's one thing I would say about Set 2. A lot of the artwork for some of these cards, they've almost like stepped it up a notch, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, the art in and, this and, set and, looks and, amazing. Yeah.
1: And this is not even talking about Gundam, because that could be a whole nother subject oh, yeah. for another <laughs> bunch of hours we could talk about Gundams. But yeah. the reason I like this card is it kind of goes back into the set too. You notice a lot of Immortals coming out. So it's almost like you want to send things to your graveyard. Yep. To be able to use that more ability. Um, you know,
0: and, and there's some undead, there's some undead stuff going on too. Yeah,
1: there's, there's a lot of undead, a lot of little tricky things you can do now from the graveyard, you know, it's almost like everybody else is getting tokens and purple's getting like little graveyard shenanigans. Um, so I think this card's really good. Um, granted, I have to see how mix it mixes in with other things and how people build it, but the fact that you can basically summon a cost five fire or fewer spirit for free. Without paying his cost i mean you'll have you'll have to have the one core obviously to keep him on board um that's huge i mean that is extremely huge um that could be a make it or break it depending on what your board state looks like or what your end growth strategy is so i think this card is really good i mean not to mention his burst effect um and then you know people say oh well when summon when summon was not very valuable in set one but set two I mean green, yellow, I think yeah. even purple. There's a lot of one summon effects though. Star blessed draws, any of these cards that have one summon effects are going to extremely go up uh, as far as playing and and you know, some of the some of the artwork for SPR the the SPR might go up in value based on, you know, people playing them. So, that would be my favorite though. Reanimate for sure. It takes the cake for me.
0: Yeah, I um this is definitely up there for me. It's not my number 1, but it was in my top 3. Um and I totally agree. I mean, you and I have both played a lot of card games and anytime you have a recursion effect in a card game, uh, powerful, like any, any card game I've ever played that allows you to pull stuff out of your trash. Um, usually a pretty playable card. And this allows you to pick two of them. Like one of them, you get to add to your hand and then the other one you just, you get to just play. So, uh, super powerful effect one thing to note um just because i think you know like we talked about card game players don't read the cards um the first effect says discard the top three cards of your deck and return one purple spirit card from them to your hand so it's not out of your whole trash it's out of uh you know just the three that you discarded so just something to keep in mind
1: but... And I mean, like, like I said, reading about that, you guys can combo that off though, right? Like, you, yeah. if there's something from those three that you saw that you want to play, then don't put that to your hand. I mean, literally put it on the trash as long as it's a cost five or fewer, and then yeah. you can summon it. Like, you're basically gaining one to your hand and then you're summoning at the same time. So, please, yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah. Super solid card though. I think it's going to see play uh, outside of purple as well. I think people will pay five for this.
1: Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's uh, I can only imagine that. That's a very good, good splash card to put in.
0: Yeah. All right. You ready for, for my pick?
1: Let's hear it. Drum roll. What uh, is it?
0: <laughs> so my pick is similar in a way, but a little bit different. And I'm actually kind of between two cards, but I think I got to go with my gut here and pick a card that I've I've already talked about on the podcast before, but I've been... I've just been building decks with this thing like crazy. And it is Impaler Forest. It's a uh, nexus, purple nexus. So Impaler Forest is a four cost, two reduction purple nexus. Uh, So level one and level two for zero cores at level one and three cores at level two. During your attack step, when you destroy one of your spirits with one of your effects, your opponent selects one of their spirits, remove a core from it, and place it into the reserve. That effect is not really the reason I'm playing this card. It's kind of like icing on top of the cake. Maybe you, maybe this goes off every now and then, maybe it doesn't. The reason I'm so excited about this card is during opponent's end step. At the start of the step, you may discard the top card of your deck. If you do, select a spirit card in your trash and return it to the top of your deck. So this allows you to pick what you draw and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be purple. It just has to be a spirit. So I've been playing this, um, there's that luster uh, like OTK combo with with uh, uh, Caduceus, I think is his name, uh, Doctor, yeah. Dr. Duck um, and Michaela. And so I've been trying to build uh basically any decks where you can do combos, uh I think you can slot this in and it could help you get your combo to go off. So, um that's why I'm so excited about this card. On top of that, we talked about the Baculus and Curse Dragon combo earlier. Um if you have Baculus or Curse Dragon in your hand, but you're missing the other piece of the puzzle, but you have it in your trash, you just stick it on top of your deck.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, I think that's really good actually. I didn't think of that. So,
0: yeah. It's I think that this card enable I I just can't help. I'm just so excited to build with this card uh because I just feel like there's some sort of secret there's something to it. Like I feel like if I can just figure out what the combo is that this really enables, I could just make some crazy combo deck. Um, and that just really gets me excited to build decks. So, <laughs> well,
1: it's almost like you know you're you're foreshadowing where I mean you're gonna know where your next card is, right? So, like for well, my favorite card, you can kind of play into a reanimate depending on what you're trying to do because you know at least one of your two, uh one of your three cards was gonna be, you know. um yeah. And like I said, this set looks like a lot of shenanigans for purple for from you know from grave to hand, from deck to grave. So it's, it's I'm excited. I'm excited for the meta to change a little bit and and just add a bunch of. Viable decks to uh, other players, you know, because you know we have green. So
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: we
0: we gotta we gotta get some games in um, with the set two cards because Cam and I have been playing so many games with the set two cards, and it's so much fun. Uh, I'm excited for you to try them out, and I'm really yeah, interested need to, to actually, cause, really yeah, interested to see what games you games do with go. purple.
1: Yeah, so. no, I do. I, that's a good point. I really need to do that because you know the next Grand Open that's right around the corner in August um so and you know set two comes out and what uh two weeks right now about the yep, 28th So yep
0: right, about right around the away. corner
1: so yeah definitely yeah, we need to get together and uh yeah so some games
0: last thing to mention here before we sign off um you and i and cam are all going to uh gen con in august yep and uh we're gonna be playing some battle spirits events i'm only unfortunately i can only play in the one on sunday but i believe you're playing at all of them right
1: yeah i'll be there from uh the thursday starting thursday morning all the way to the sunday in the day i actually extended the day <laughs> just to play it and I, those of you guys that uh, if you planning on going and weren't sure please go One's it's gonna be awesome but two i don't know if you guys saw the promo that's gonna be handed out it looks amazing it is badass
0: yeah it looks sick um yeah, the tricky part with this, though, is set two is going to be legal for Gen Con, and it comes out the weekend before Gen Con. So uh, I I don't know about you, but I've been trying. I'm a little stressed about getting the cards that I need for my decks because I've been playtesting with set two cards, but I just don't know if I'm going to have them for the event.
1: Yeah. That's a good point too. Actually, I, I said grand opening. I uh, probably we really do need to get together to start play testing because depending on what we play test, like you said, that's that's kind of what happened with set one, though, right? By the time it released, I think the the next event was the following weekend, and you don't know what you're gonna pull, even if you bought booster boxes, you know. So it's just kind of it's kind of hard. So I might need to look into Gen Con, maybe splashing some of the uncommons or commons in this set with set one. That way, I at least I know for a fact I'll at least have them. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm worried about the X rares and especially with the Gundam collab, right? I don't know how, how many slots that takes or what the chances are of pulling what now is gonna be compared to set one. Um yeah. so that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. But it'd be a good testing environment for uh before the grand opening for sure.
0: Yeah, and um I'll be playing at uh the grand open, I think, with you in uh September, right? September,
1: at, yep. It'll be uh Tulsa, Tulsa. Oklahoma. That'll so be that's fun. that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun, man. Yeah, we have know. a lot of
0: We have a lot of playtesting in our future.
1: (laughs) Yes, a lot of of playtests, a lot of preparing to do. And, you know, I have a feeling Tulsa is going to be like where Ohio was. Right. So the first grand opening in August might not be that big because that's still new. Meta's not going to be, you know, Meta's going to be undefined. But then by September, all right, this is all established. It's going to be high, grindy, competitive, which I like, you know, as long as the uh, initially this is going to be at an expo center. No, yeah. sorry. At a, at a convention center. So it should be AC and climbing. I looked up at pictures of it and it looks a lot better than what I was in Ohio. <laughs> okay. So those nice. guys that can make it go over there.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good to know. Um, awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for being on angel. Um, we'll definitely have you on again at some point. Um, and, uh, maybe you'll make some guest appearances in our, uh, our little gameplay videos as well as we were play testing uh i don't know if you want that maybe you want to keep your tech kind of secret i don't know maybe you'll just play meme decks whenever you're uh you know playing against us for the video yeah hey,
1: i'm down for whatever ain't nothing <laughs> to, maybe maybe when we get closer to the grand opening maybe i'll keep my tech back a little bit secret but no, yeah. I, once again thank you guys for, uh, for having me i mean i know cam couldn't make this one but you know i definitely appreciate you guys and the invite and you know i'm always down to sit here and as you can tell we went a little bit over but hey, i love to i love battle spirits i can talk about card games and and you guys are always fun and we can talk for hours so yeah i'm excited yeah. so anytime you guys want me just let me know and, and i'll hop on for sure
0: hell yeah all right well thanks for listening everybody uh thanks for listening to another episode of absolute bss uh you can find absolute bss uh on twitter at absolute bss pod we're also um feel free to email us if you want to talk to us directly at absolute bss pod at gmail.com uh, you can also uh, respond to. I believe there's going to be some polls or something. Cam always does something fun with these whenever he uploads them. Uh, and you can also comment on the YouTube video. We're at, at @bs Absolute BSS Pod on YouTube as well. So feel free to leave a comment. Uh, please subscribe if you want to stay in the loop. Watch some gameplay videos as we are play testing set two. We'll definitely have some up for you. And uh, yep. Thanks for thanks for watching and thanks for joining Angel and see you guys later.
1: Bye. See ya. Thank ya. Bye.